I'm your host, Rufi Castro, and welcome to the Epicenter Fresno podcast. Shalom, shalom, my friends. Welcome to part three of our Sabbath discussion. If you haven't had the opportunity to listen to part one and part two, I will encourage you to do so before listening to part three. One of my teachers once stated that the correct way to interpret scripture, there was three rules, and uh, I'm going to go ahead and uh, share that with you. The three rules to interpret scripture correctly is context, context, and context. So I do want to utilize that rule for these episodes. So again, instead of listening to this particular episode, if you haven't listened to part one or part two, we encourage you to do so. That way you can get the full scope of where we are at and where we are heading. Okay, so we're going to go ahead and continue. We've already discussed at the ending of uh, episode two regarding what happened on Mount Sinai and exactly who that was uh, for the mixed multitude that God did not make a distinction. God stated, if you keep my commandments and I will call you a holy nation unto myself, regardless of whether you are a Jew or you are a Gentile. I do want to reiterate this as we are getting ready to move forward, that this is not a comprehensive study on the Sabbath. There's a lot of scripture that I will not be covering. It would take a long time. This is more of an introduction uh, as we're going through these episodes. Uh, So if you are looking for a comprehensive study, you can uh, get a hold of me. You can message me or just uh, visit us at Epicenter as we will in the near future dive into a comprehensive study on the Sabbath, the ins and outs, and, and touch all of the scripture that is associated with it. With that being said, let's go ahead and continue. We are going to be in Leviticus chapter 23. Leviticus chapter 23 is a well-known passage of scripture. This is where Moses is writing down and giving instruction in regards to God's appointed times. Leviticus 23 is very important because it does list God's appointed times and it also explains what we are and what we are not to do during those days. So Leviticus 23 reads as follows, Adonai said to Moshe, tell the people of Israel the designated times of Adonai, which you are to proclaim as holy convocations are my designated times. So we find one and two verses one and two are a prelude or an introduction to what these appointed times of the Lord are going to be. The thing that we have to really take note of is that the word convocation is used. God is saying they are holy convocations. A convocation is a formal assembly or the calling of a formal assembly. That's what the definition of convocation is. And what God is saying in scripture these days are holy convocations, which means we are to gather together. We are to assemble together during these days. So let's start with the first one. We're not going to go through all of them, but I do want to start with the first one. 
Verse number three is the first festival, if you will, holy convocation or day of holy convocation that is listed. Verse number three says, work is to be done on six days, but on the seventh day is a Shabbat of complete rest, a holy convocation. You are not to do any kind of work. It is a Shabbat for Adonai, even in your homes. So we want to pause right here. And in later episodes, we will be discussing um, some of the verses in scriptures that seem to contradict what the Word of God says, that seem to contradict that uh, the Sabbath is to be held by the New Testament church, things like that. We will be discussing that in later episodes. The first thing that we find out here is that Shabbat or the Sabbath is a holy convocation, which means it is a day that we are supposed to get together. We are supposed to worship the Lord. It is a day of rest, which means we rest from our labors. We rest from making money. We rest from engaging in any sort of business. It is a day that we gather together, we worship the Lord, and we rest. Not only us, but those that are under our covering, under our authority. I don't have authority over anyone else that is not in my household. I don't have authority for those that work on this on Saturday. I don't have authority for the waiters or waitresses that work on Saturday. They are not under my authority. They are not under my jurisdiction. So I can't speak for them, but I can speak for those that are in my household. It is a convocation, which means we should be getting together to worship the Lord. Now, it says also in your houses, which means if for whatever reason I'm not able to make it to be with the congregation, I still keep Shabbat at home. I still worship the Lord. I still read scripture. If I'm able to tune in in 2023 to the live stream that is occurring, I tune in. Just because I'm not able to make it to be with my brothers and sisters in the midst of the congregation of the Lord doesn't mean that the day is lost and I do whatever I want. It is still a holy day unto the Lord. And this is one of the verses and and especially one of those words right there that the modern day Christian misses because you'll hear things like I said, we're not going to be defending it um, in this podcast. We'll do that in in future podcast, but you'll hear many things. Well, you know, I can worship the Lord on Sunday if I want to worship the Lord on Sunday. And you can, you can worship the Lord on Sunday, Monday too. I mean, worship him every day. You're a child of God. Scripture says Shabbat or the Sabbath is a holy convocation unto the Lord. So we can worship him every day we want. We can go and be with the congregation every day we want. But according to scripture, we better be there on Shabbat because that is the commandment of the Lord. So we we find that there. We're going to go ahead and continue because we're not going to go through the prophets. We're not going to go through the blessings of keeping Shabbat. There's a lot of them. We're not going to go through the curses of not keeping Shabbat because there's a lot of those too. Again, this is not a comprehensive study, but we do want to go to the book of Acts and I want to direct your attention to chapter 6. In chapter 6, there's an issue that begins to occur, especially in the second half of that chapter. 
So beginning at verse number 11, what ends up happening is they have Stephen. Stephen is uh, a believer. He has been uh, baptized in Jesus' name, right? He's been immersed in the name of Yeshua. He is a believer. He is uh, a man of strong testimony. He's also the first martyr. And I want you to follow along with me as I read chapter 6, beginning at verse 11, that, so that we can understand just exactly why he was killed. So Acts chapter 6, verse 11 says, So they secretly persuaded some men to allege, We have heard him, this is Stephen, We have heard him speak blasphemously against Moses and against God. We're going to pause there. In scripture, whenever you hear speak blasphemous against Moses, it's talking about the Torah. Another word in scripture for the Torah, when it's used in that context, is Moses. The teachings of Moses. Well, what did Moses teach? He taught the word of God. He taught the Torah. It's never been the law of Moses. It's always been the law of God, the Torah of God. Moses has no authority to write down any sort of law or any sort of commandment unless it came from God. So we have to be very careful because sometimes when we read scripture, we place Moses almost like a God figure, which he wasn't. It's never the law of Moses. That's an incorrect way of saying it. It's always been the law of God. So here they're alleging that Stephen is teaching against Moses, against the Torah and against God. Verse number 12, they stirred up the people as well as the elders and they set up false witnesses, false witnesses who said, this man never stops speaking against this holy place, which is the temple and against the Torah, which is the word of God, false witnesses. So this is Stephen in chapter six of the book of Acts. And if you remember correctly, Yeshua ascended in chapter 1 of the book of Acts, 1, 11, 1, 12, somewhere around there. So by chapter 6 of the book of Acts, Yeshua is no longer on earth. Okay, we have to remember that because some of the arguments that we hear, it's almost like, okay, wait a minute, the way you're talking and the way you're discussing, you make it sound like Jesus hasn't even resurrected yet. So just to bring us to where we're at, Yeshua has resurrected. He's no longer on earth. With that being said, the apostles, especially Stephen, this this first martyr is being accused of speaking against the Holy Temple and speaking against the Torah. And the Bible says that these were allegations and they were false, which means that the disciples and the apostles and and the first martyr, uh, like Stephen, did not teach against the Torah. They taught the Torah. Yes, in the New Testament, the first century church taught the Torah. It is the word of God. There are allegations that Stephen taught against it. And this is what got him in trouble. Again, these were lies. He never spoke against the Torah. Verse 14, for we have heard him say that Yeshua from Nazareth will destroy this place and will change the customs Moses handed down to us. That's a lie. 
How do we know that's a lie? Because the writer, Luke, is letting us know that these allegations are false. So they're saying that Stephen is, is teaching against Torah, is speaking against the Holy Temple, and is saying that Yeshua from Nazareth will destroy the place, this place, right, the Holy Temple, and will change the customs that, that Moses handed down. Yeshua never came and spoke against the Torah. That would be him speaking against the Word of God. Yeshua never did that. So even if we hadn't read the Gospels, even if we weren't familiar with the ministry of Yeshua, just by reading this, we know that this is a false allegation, which means this never happened. Yeshua never spoke against the Torah, never spoke against the temple. Stephen never taught against the Torah, nor did he teach against the temple. These are all false allegations. The last verse that we're going to read says, Everyone sitting in the Sanhedrin stared at Stephen and saw that his face looked like the face of an angel. Okay, so want to continue really quick. So what we're seeing here is that there's already a movement to discredit what the apostles were teaching. This is before Rabbi Shaul became an emissary, before the Apostle Paul became an apostle. This is before that. There was already a movement that was moving within the first century that was teaching that Yeshua came to change the custom of Moses, that the disciples, the apostles were teaching that they were going to change the custom of Moses and part of the teaching of Moses, right? Part of the teaching of Torah, of, of God's law includes the Sabbath. So there's already a teaching, there's already a movement that's occurring that is spreading lies. And in fact, Acts chapter 6 lets us know that these were false witnesses. And in chapter 7, we see that Stephen, moved by the power of the Holy Ghost, just testifies like it's amazing. If you haven't read Acts chapter 7, read Acts chapter 7 slowly. Take your time with it because he is quoting so many scriptures to prove that Yeshua is the promised Messiah. And in fact, after his discourse, after his testimony, after his preaching, if you will, is when he was stoned and martyred. It was false allegations because they never taught anything against the Word of God. Next week, we will be diving into Acts chapter 15, taking our time with Acts chapter 15, which will help us understand exactly what the first century apostolic church in Jerusalem actually taught. Don't forget to check out our website, www.epicenterfresno.com, where you will find links to our Facebook page, our Instagram, and our YouTube channel. 